Hello and welcome to Lockdown Guardians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis, and I want to thank you for making Lockdown Guardians your first listen today and every day, free and available on all podcasting platforms, apps, and the like. Thank you for your daily support and being part of the Lockdown Guardians team. Now that we got through that, uh, today's show, we're going to focus on failed prospect. Of course, this is going to be all Rule 5 talk. We finally have the roster. We know what's going on. And, and can I just take a second? Sorry if that got really loud. Uh, hopefully, the limiter will make it not as loud. But for the most part, yeah, there's a few names I would have liked to have seen uh, stay, specifically one. But we'll get into you know who was added, who was taken off, all the pits, parts and pieces with this. But the the clap was that they went out of their way to sign or sign to keep their young players. And there's only one player that I really would have liked to have seen uh, also make the roster. But I understand uh, why they made all the choices they did make. So let's, without further ado, get into it all. So they started, the Guardians started the, the day, as far as any of us knew, with four open roster spots. And from there, you know, I, let's see, where's my little note here? I said Moss, Nelson, and Young, all of those players were let go. Uh, Harold Ramirez is someone I also discussed frequently. He was let go. Now, I did not, and Justin Garza, I feel like, you know, can I give myself a back clap? I've been talking about Garza as easy fodder for a while. I bet he comes back on a minor league contract. Uh, I'll say that as well. Uh, I thought he he was kind of a surprise call-up for me, a bit of a surprise addition, but I think part of the reason he was always added was for this reason, that you could eventually designate him for assignment and kind of just bring him back later. I don't think the market's going to be huge. He's a one-pitch guy. You know, we, we did a whole long in-depth thing with him in August, I want to say. Uh, he's He just doesn't have enough to su- sustain success, but that shouldn't be a surprise. Mejia, a bit of a surprise, and Mejia over Henches, a bit of a surprise in general there because I thought Mejia had a chance to get that extra option here. Henches, they must think there's a chance that he'll work out of the pen. I just don't see it. I don't see it long-term for him. Uh, so that was a bit of a surprise, but... Uh, also he's a big lefty who throws hard. He's like the perfect part B part C in the right deal. Uh, it's not even about necessarily refinement with him. This isn't a situation we'll talk about, you know, refinement versus kind of throttling up when we talk about the trade the Indians made, but, uh, you know, it's the stuff, the velocity's there, but it's flat. Like that's what it comes down to. It's flat velocity and that doesn't give you much. Uh, so yeah. So on top of who we mentioned there, you know, Nelson and Young, Scott Moss, who didn't pitch at all this year, Mejia, Garza, Harold Ramirez, Daniel Johnson, that kind of stinks. I hope he goes somewhere where he gets a legitimate opportunity. I know a lot of people, when I was like, oh, this stinks, like he didn't play well this year. I'm like, yeah, a lot of guys don't play well when they get an opportunity, a very short opportunity, then get sent down to the minors, uh, and then get another very short opportunity. There have been a history of players who ended up turning into good players. Uh, where they just didn't get a long enough look. Uh, you can find many examples with the Indians themselves. It's not to say he's going to turn into a great player. It's not to say he's going to turn into uh, a good player. It's not to say he's going to turn into an average player. But I, I still I like Daniel Johnson a lot more than you know Sam Henches, a lot more than Logan Allen. Uh, you know, players kind of at that level. Ernie Clement, like I like Ernie Clement. I think he's a very good player, but Ernie Clement's kind of like the Justin Garza of infielders. This team has so many infielders. He's the guy who I feel like they could pass through waivers and bring back along. 
Uh, he's clearly not a starter. So, you know, and anyone out there being like, well, why did they keep some of these guys? Well, you're not going to cut your whole roster loose, and hopefully they're going to make additions. And if they make additions, they need to have spots where they can let go of players. They need players who uh, aren't going to be a big loss if they go out and add a free agent. Like, you know, tomorrow, my dream scenario of uh, Seiya Suzuki is posted. I don't think that's going to happen. He's probably not going to come to the Indians, but let's say they get aggressive, go out and add him, and think, hey, we can really make a bonanza on our gear, brand new gear this year. It'll be big in Japan and in Ohio. Uh, the gear sold really well for anyone who is curious. I got some info on that, that it sold better than expected. And that uh, in general, I mean, I know I could not get uh, Kids Use Small. That was already sold out by like 10 a.m. on uh, on Friday. Like I could not get my daughter a Guardian shirt because they were all sold out. You could not get any in her size. So that, that gives you an idea of how well that sold. But yeah, they, they still need to have some depth. They need to have some players that, uh, like I said, if you make an addition, you need to have somewhere you're going to let go. And then once the offseason, or the offseason once... The regular season begins, you have the extra flexibility with the 60-man disabled list and moving players around as it, you know, it being part of that list. I don't think there's currently anyone, I mean, conceivably, well, no, because they wouldn't add Vargas because then you're you're burning through, you know, you're essentially putting them on the major league roster when you do that. But we'll have to wait and see how they handle it because this also is not, uh, they are far from done. When you look at the 40-man roster for the Indians, I know a lot of people are like, Zimmer and Mercado are still here. It's because finding guys who can play center field is the hardest thing to do after finding a catcher and a shortstop. It's the third hardest position to fill. Uh, you, you should know that as an Indians fan, and Miles Straw is fantastic. But when I talk with every third locked-on writer about, like, hey, is this guy potentially uh, someone you would trade? Is this guy potentially someone who... Uh, your organization is going to le- look to keep. They always bring up Zimmer because you can just go to Savant and see that, like, hey, he's got really good defense numbers. He does have some pop. He's interesting. And that's going to be why they hold on to these guys. That's why they didn't designate them for assignment. They couldn't get together a deal that made sense right now. But when it comes to a Henches, when it comes to a Zimmer, when it comes to a Mercado, those three players in particular, when it comes to Logan S. Allen, uh, they still have value. And they still have value to other organizations. And the Indians, I think, are going to look to be active in trades. And these are pieces that you can flip in the right position. You know, if you're looking at a team like the Pirates, uh, Logan S. Allen is not like piece number one in a Brian Reynolds deal, but he could be piece three or four. Because then they could also be like, well, you know, Logan S. Allen is a Logan Allen the Elder for listeners to this show. Like, He's a multi-time top 100 prospect. Uh, he's got that killer uh, off-speed pitch. I don't want to get it confused. It's not the same between the Logan Allens. I want to say change, but I could be wrong. Either way, he's got that plus off-speed offering. He's got a solid fastball. He has shown some success. He's also shown some lack of success. But, man, if we could flip him around, he could be he's a lefty. He could be a massive trade asset. Like, we could get almost as much for him as we get for Reynolds. And then think about just how we keep built. Like, that is why he still has value. And to a team like... Well, you know, it's like I talked with the Lockdown Cardinals guy. He was like, oh, you know, he's exactly what we need for a backup. Like if, if Bader is hurt, you can just fill in a Zimmer. Or Seattle needs like a true center fielder. Like I was discussing the idea of like what would a Kyle Lewis deal look like? And part of the return mentioned was involving Zimmer. And that is why those guys are still here. That is why those are the players that you're like, how did they survive? That is how they survived. It's it's the value they have it is what they could potentially still bring in deals. 
and it's it's positional value. It's left-handed left-handed pitchers and legitimate center fielders. Those are things that don't grow on trees. They are hard to find assets, and even when they have shown themselves to not even be proven and maybe not even you know major league players, the chance of what they could potentially provide is enough. Let's uh, come back in a moment and discuss the players added. Specifically, too, we will focus in on the trade the Indians made on Friday. People, you need to get your TV together. Come on. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live. Another that lets you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. And you've got your neighbor's best friend log in for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle. A great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Before we dive into all the things the Indians did, I think I have to take a moment and just point out uh talking about the cardinals aspect of it all in the first segment made me think hey what happened with the cardinals nick Plummer? turns out they did not add him to their 40 man it kind of boggles my mind after the year that he that he had because i didn't think they were really that that crammed uh they went out and added anderson tahada former top prospect to help with uh, their lack of infield depth uh, and you know did a few other small things but yeah they didn't add Plummer. I don't know how much of a fit, again, he makes for the Indians at free. I mean, I'd love to see the Indians take a gamble. The problem is uh, Oscar Gonzalez is kind of similar in that regard of, like, uh, there's going to be limited opportunities for that player to prove that they are successful. Uh, and they they don't have, how can I put this nicely? There are serious doubts if they can end up being, you know, big league players. So they would kind of bite into each other's playing time which I understand. Now, I do have to talk about Oscar Gonzalez. was not added to the roster. If you listen to this show daily, which really helps, remember, I want to thank you for making Locked On Indians your first listen today and every day, and you'll get great information like this uh, that I previously talked about. Now, Oscar Gonzalez is a big dude, hits a lot of home runs. He was never going to be added to the 40-man. He has a spring training invitee to camp, and he could still be taken in the Rule 5 draft. A team could take him. What he was given instead was the uh you know being told that he'd be invited to camp being signing that minor league extension when he was not added to the 40 man so he would not become a minor league free agent and then specifically as it relates to the indians uh early in the year you know with the thinning out of all of their options uh, with harold ramirez gone with uh daniel johnson gone if they need a corner outfielder he's the first guy up and if it works out great if it doesn't work out, that's kind of what they're betting on because they're not worried about service time issues with him. That's that's why they're not doing it. They're not worried about service time as it relates to Oscar Gonzalez. He's just not a priority prospect right now. So before we get into all the players added and kind of why they added, who they added, and then who they left off, which we'll kind of get to all of that in segment three, let's talk about Tobias Myers. The Rays roster crunch was as bad as the Indians, if not potentially worse. Uh, they did not add, I believe, uh, Ruben Cartagenas, who was another player they got from the Indians in a, a minor trade. Uh, these two teams love to deal with each other. 
in this situation, uh, the Indians get an interesting pitcher who sits mid-90s, has a decent changeup, just has not had consistency in terms of maintaining his stuff uh, in games, maintaining velocity. He can seem like unhittable at points and just does not seem to maintain in general. And this is why coming to the Indians is, is perfect. And this is why I really like this trade for the Indians. Because what the Rays excel at, what the Rays do very well, is uh, they do great. They're really great at refinement. Shane McClanahan, Tyler Glass now, uh, a lot of the prep arms that have come up, Blake Snell, uh, for instance, they do fantastic work at refinement. The Indians aren't as good as that. You can look at a lot of those um, prep arms that have not worked out when they've been high draft picks. There's still some walk rate issues, and we talked about this with even some of the recent high picks with the Indians, that they're not... They have realized that they're not good at refinement, that they can't sit there and take a pitcher and make them a better pitcher, or they can't you know, work on the control and command aspects as strongly as other organizations. What they're fantastic about is finding another gear, ratcheting things up, and helping a guy perform at a higher level, finding more. They are able to find more. Myers is already refined. He has great control numbers. He has great command numbers. Uh, he does tend to give up uh, the long ball, but we've discussed how in Cleveland that is not a net negative to this organization. They don't mind that as much. Uh, they'd rather have you put the ball in the air than on the ground because, yes, the overall, the extreme outcome is much worse in the air than on the ground, but the majority of outcomes in the air as opposed to on the ground lead better results for the pitcher. So with Myers, what he needs is that ratcheting up. He needs the ability to consistently uh, keep his velocity to develop secondary offerings. He has the release spot, uh, the three quarters that the uh, Guardians like. I, I know I probably said Indians half a dozen times in this podcast. It's just going to happen. Uh, I hope everyone will <laughs> deal with me through this year and this name change. Uh, I've been saying it for 40 years. It, it's not going to happen overnight. But with Myers, you know, he has everything already. It's just getting him to find that extra gear or consistently get there. This was really his first year where he seemed to hold a little bit better uh, in terms of performance, overall stuff. If you have not had a chance to check out the numbers, across two levels this year, uh, in AA, his K per nine was over 12. In AAA, it was over 10. 59 innings in AA, 58 in AAA. The walk rate, 1.5 in double, 2.79 in triple. Home run rate, uh, 1.21, 1.71. So overall... K rate through his minor league career, though, is 8.48. So in the middle there, he really struggled uh, in 2018-2019 missing bats. And 2016 in Baltimore, though, that was only seven innings, so it doesn't really count. Uh, that's right, he, he was acquired in a trade from Baltimore to Tampa before this trade to the Indians. Uh, he's interesting. He's another arm in the upper levels, and they clearly liked him more than Cantillo because when you're looking at him, that's who they didn't protect. That's that extra roster spot went to him instead. And you can get it. He's he's a little higher up. He's, uh, you know, I don't want to say he's more proven because nobody's proven. He's a little better developed. He is undersized, which the Indians don't care about. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's a guy, you look at the, the way it works out. The fastball, uh, the curve, and then the change is the work in progress. Fastball curve might be enough just to make him a reliever. And we've talked about it. Relief help is honestly what the third biggest need for the Indians going into next year outside of outfield and catcher. They need relief help. And if he is only 
If he ends up being just a solid reliever, then that's a huge win of a trade because they gave up Junior uh, Caminero, a third baseman, first baseman, shortstop. Now, I did see people who really liked him. Uh, he is all of 17 this past year. I'm trying to see. He turned 18 in July. Very young. Performed well in the uh, Dominican Summer League. Uh, it's, you know, it's Dominican Summer League. He was not brought over with uh, the way they have to handle and manage rosters. But yeah, he was playing in the Dominican Summer League. Another infielder for the Indians. Uh, for Tampa, they got a guy who is a long way off from having to make a decision. That's why they did it. They wanted someone who's a far way off from making that decision. It's why I thought the Indians would make trades kind of like this one. Instead, they did the opposite and added another player that they had to protect. But I like Myers. I think adding Tobias Myers is a good get. Solid addition. Like I said, I think he has a very good chance to be a reliever with a chance for a starter. And when you look at, you know, Henches, I don't think they're going to try him as a starter anymore. I think that that train has sailed. No, the boat has sailed. That train has left the station is how those go. Uh, Scott Moss, they let go. He was supposed to be some of that starting depth. Cody Morris is like starter number six going into next year. Myers, starter number seven. Like they, uh, Pilkington, who they added, starter number eight. It is interesting that they went Pilkington over Cantillo. In most of my ranks, I had them reversed. But again, why did they go with Myers and Pilkington? Because those are the safer guys. Those guys have a clearer route to starting and helping next year. And just in general, like the, they're better, more developed guys. They are more developed pitchers who've had more time in the minors with coaches and just with the Indians organization getting a chance to see them directly. Uh, the injuries this year to Cantillo were just killer for his development and it just held him back. And I think the Indians are also thinking that maybe thanks to that lack of exposure in two years at a lack of exposure, uh, maybe he doesn't get selected. Uh, we'll have to wait and see. He is far from the most interesting guy, not protected. We'll, we'll get to that. We're going to lead off our third segment with the name you have to know for the Rule 5 draft. Uh, the Indians don't have a selection, don't have an open roster spot, but I mean, part of me wonders if they would create a spot for the guy who was left unprotected. One of the biggest shocks for me the entire weekend, something that made me stop recording this podcast when I was going over lists and go, holy wow. So we will come back, talk about that player, talk about who the Indians added, why they added them in our third segment. Let's take a moment and give thanks for Built Bar. I love them. It's what I'm going to have for breakfast. Or had for breakfast already by the time you listen to this show. What are the current specials? What are the things you can get that are temporary? Blueberry muffin, strawberry puff, coconut marshmallow puff, paranormal pumpkin puff, vanilla cream, coconut almond uh, ball, peanut butter brownie ball, and the mystery flavor. Which, since it is a mystery, you get a special sale price on that. It doesn't matter uh, what you get there because everything is delicious. I've never had a Bilt Bar I did not eat. Even the the ones that are not my favorites are still great tasting and good for you. You're never going to go wrong with an order from BiltBar.com. And use the promo code LOCK15. It's what I use whenever I place my order to save yourself 15%. Who doesn't want extra savings? Go to BiltBar.com today. They are the best tasting protein bars available I get them. I buy them on a quarterly schedule. I am waiting right now to see if they bring back their uh, Christmas flavor with candy canes in it from last year that I quite enjoyed, but I'll keep you posted if they do. Until then, go to BuiltBar.com right now and try any of those delicious flavors that I previously mentioned for yourself. 
Can't go wrong with an order from Built Bar. So I promised uh, a name that was a shocking name for me. And that name uh, is actually a former Indians prospect. Give anyone a second. Maybe they can figure it out on their own. Tajne Thomas. Now, Tajne Thomas was, if you listen to this podcast, I brought him up repeatedly because it was uh, not Oscar Gonzalez. That's the outfielder. I'm blanking on the shortstop prospect uh, we traded along with Luplo to the, you know, we got Luplo and Max Morhoff from the Pirates for uh, Tajane Thomas went that direction in that deal. And man, I'm blanking on the shortstop. Well, I'm going to dig that up here while we discuss why this is shocking about Tajane Thomas. And it's shocking because, I mean, this is a guy who is a very, very highly regarded prospect. I mean, some places had him as a top 50 prospect in baseball heading into this season. And he just, let's see, uh, Eric Gonzalez. There we go. Gonzalez, I had right. We also sent Dante Mendoza in that deal. But uh, Thomas is athletic. He's got size. It's a foot four. He was this converted pitcher. And we'll get down to it. I mean, this past year in high A was absolutely brutal. I mean, he was not good. But he only had 60 innings, and they didn't protect him. They, they decided to keep, uh, you know, they decided to go out and sign Jose Quintana instead. And at the end of the day, when it comes to Thomas, I get that he was really bad this past year. I get some people, like, dropped him out of the top 10 prospects of the Pirates. But, I mean... The guy throws 100 miles an hour. He's a good athlete. He's recent to the game. Uh, why why not protect him? They got spots. They got ability and places to hold on to an arm like that. There's just not a lot of guys with the natural whip and athleticism he has. If you can get it to all come together, he could be you know, front of the line type of arm. Now, the Indians have a full 40 man, so they're not adding him. And I don't even know if I would necessarily advocate it because, again, go back to segment two of the show refinement is not their skill set and this kid needs refinement tampa would be an ideal situation honestly if tampa could clear up a spot and put him in their bullpen and just work on refinement uh they could have a just a special arm that is exactly the type of team that should add tajane thomas and just one final note on this uh you know they added luis Oviedo a year ago taking him from high a to their team who has slightly worse stuff and similar levels of production that i think is what made it all the more not mind-blowing for me in this situation but let's move back over to the indians and stop talking about indians adjacent players how's it going for the indians when it comes to this well it's going great uh like i said it's a list of guys added that uh i mean you had your obvious ones ty freeman george valera brian rocchio those are your top tier that is tier one that is all three are uh uniform top 10 prospects in the indian system uh to me uh brian levastida is as well as is cody morris I would put them as the clear tier twos. And then after that, tier three, uh, I think, is Richie Palacios, Jose Tenya, uh, Steve Kwan. And then after that, I kind of... Because the, the problem with Jonsky Noel is, prospect-wise, he's probably going to be closer to the tier threes. But I put him in tier four with Connor Pilkington uh, because he's so far away. Like, I don't know if they had to protect him, but... A, hopefully that means they're going to be very aggressive with him moving next year. 
he'll start the year in high A and eventually get up to double A. They, they, they intentionally slow play to the hand with him, but I guess he performed so well they felt like they didn't want to mess around. They weren't going to take the chance, and they protected him with Jonski Noel. Uh, I was surprised. You know, the, a player with plays first and third has not been selected, who had not played above double A in over a decade. I get he performed super well. But uh, he's a guy, they tip, They will protect very young pitchers, typically. Very young hitters, they tend to let them slide. I mean, 70 games above the rookie league all this year. They were great numbers. He performed super well, but it was a bit of a surprise. I, I don't dislike it. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, that was very interesting, just in terms of theirs. Pilkington over Cantillo was interesting as well, because I, th- I still have Cantillo rated higher in terms of prospects, but that's... As we mentioned earlier, safety. Levastito is easy. I have him as the number one catching prospect in the system right now. You know that that made that simple. Cody Morris, uh, he is sixth starter for this team, seventh starter for this team. I keep forgetting about you know the Eli Morgan situation, but still, I, he could even be an elite reliever pretty quickly. I, I don't think you want to jump to that, but Morris has moved incredibly quickly. I mean, he pitched across three levels this year. Uh, health is really the only thing that has been in his way at points. Jose Tenya, they put him in the AFL and it blew up in their faces. I mean, maybe. Now, all of these players could still be traded. This just means if you trade a guy, they're still protected. This makes them, in some regards, more valuable. Because if you're a team, you're not making a trade for Jose Tenya if you could potentially lose him. Now, post-draft, his value might have been higher if he passed through waivers. But he needs to decide not to mess with it. And I understand you know, he ended up, I think he ended up qualifying for the batting title. I don't know if he won it or not. But he, uh, as a young player, and I talked about it before, you know, Andres Jimenez two years ago, last time we had an AFL, lit that thing on fire. It's not like it's necessarily guaranteed super success in the future. But the reason you give it added value is what I talked about on the show. When it is a player that young coming from a lower level, then I, you know, I dive in a little bit more. Uh, Freeman, Valera, Rocchio. They could all, I don't really think we're likely to see, with the way the Indians slow play, maybe Freeman, but we'll see You know how he is returning from injury. Uh, but Valera and Rocchio, I think, spend all next year in the minors. Uh, Lavastida got some time in AAA. He could conceivably see time in the majors this year, I feel like, with the way they are set up. If they don't swing a trade for a catcher, I think there's a good chance he sees time in the big leagues this year. He had very good framing rates, which we know is important to the Indians. And then the last two, I want to talk about Richie Palacios and Steve Kwan. Uh, both were excellent across multiple levels. Uh, both can play multiple spots. Palacios, second base, and then your corner outfield. Kwan can handle all three outfield spots. Both put on an absolute show in terms of what they did. For any Indians team that has needed outfield help for years, I think you add these two players, you're not worried about age, you're not worried about service time. I think they both get a shot along with Oscar Gonzalez. We'll see if they go out and make a trade. We're all hoping and assuming they go out and make that deal to add another outfielder to get better sooner rather than later. But, I mean, at this time, Steve Kahn's already 23. You're talking about six years of team control. If he got to the bit, you know, if he started the season in the big leagues, he'd be 30 entering free agency. Uh, I don't think they're worried about that. And with Richie Palacios, uh, if, let's see, he is, where's his age? He's 24 right now so six years of team control he'd be 30 he's even older than Quan. so with both these guys you're not really worried about the team control if they can help the team they can help the team and you're going to put them out there and put them in a situation uh, to be 
I think, potential uh, options for this team uh, early next year. So it's really, for as much as I talked about Oscar Gonzalez's opportunities, he has to come out and show that he's a better option than Palacios and Quan. And I think all three of those guys, Quan probably has the biggest uphill battle. I think it's more likely Palacios because he did spend so much time playing in AAA and uh, Gonzalez. Quan might have to spend a little bit more time at the start uh, in the minors. But uh, those two, I think in particular, Quan and Palacios, we will see at some point next year helping out the Indians outfield situation. And that is why they chose to protect the players they did. I've been Jeff Ellis. This has been the Locked On Guardians podcast. Remember to rate and review, download daily. It really helps the show grow. I do not have the data to tell you uh, if we stayed in the top 100. I'll let you know on tomorrow's show. Won't be a show on Thanksgiving. I'm going to give you that warning now. going to take that day for me. But uh, again, thank you all for downloading, being a part of the Let's Go Guardians team, uh, breaking the top 100, setting new listen records all the time for the offseason. It's all thanks to you, the fantastic audience who listens. And, I mean, I'd like to give myself a little bit of credit. I don't think anyone had you more covered on the Rule 5 than me. So have a friend listen. Anyone who is curious about the Rule 5, be like, go check out the Lockdown Guardians episode from Thursday and Monday uh, and see if then they end up sticking with the show. You can do that a little bit to help us out. Uh, and as I now say, go, go, Guardians, go.